nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. Welcome to another episode of the Zika Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And guess who I have for you today? GI mapping specialist, Julie Davey. And host of the wonderful podcast, The Upgrade Podcast. I have her tell you more about that. But in this episode, we're going to talk about my best friend, gut health. H. pylori, which we have yet to have someone on the show where we talk about H. pylori. Ways to optimize your health, lose body fat, and as always, whatever other craziness we can get into. And with that being said, let's welcome Julie to the show. Hey, Julie, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited. This is uh, one of my favorite topics to discuss. Perfect. So you're the perfect person for the show. So thank you for being here. Come on, audience are going to be blessed today. Thank you. Now, let's get weird. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your qualifications. Tell us about what you do. Sure. So I am a nurse practitioner. I've been in traditional healthcare for over 20 years. And really, it wasn't until about, I'd say, nine years ago that I really started taking a more holistic approach to health. Um, that really started with myself, my family, and then transitioned into my patients. So about, again, nine years ago, I really started looking at more of how diet, um, exercise, just overall lifestyle affects our health, supplementation, things like that. And along this journey, I discovered the GI MAP test. And a lot of this was because I had gut issues myself for a very long time. And I was doing all of the right things, um, you know, eating healthy, exercising, taking the right supplements, sleeping good, working on my stress levels, all of those things, but I still had gut issues. So I knew I needed to kind of dig and go deeper. And so I found the GI map test. I did some research. I found it to be the most um, accurate, most sensitive, specific gut test. So I took it myself and really realized really how sick I was, even though, again, I was doing all of the right things. I had, I had H. pylori myself. I had two parasites. I had an almost non-existent immune system, a lot of inflammation, a lot of dysbiosis. And so once I started um, doing the right things to kind of target those issues, um, I improved my gut health. And now that I'm free of those issues, that of course made me even more passionate about helping other people. So that's how I really kind of transitioned. I moved out of traditional medicine altogether about three years ago. And now I have a virtual consulting practice and gut health is primarily what I do in that practice. 
someone told me the other day that whenever they listen to my podcast, they know if I don't say it in the beginning, I'm going to talk about gut health at some particular point. Because I just, long story short, I used to have really bad allergies and bad asthma, and uh, I couldn't breathe whenever the, it was cold outside, like right now, or when, you know, this weekend it dropped to like 20 something degrees, I wouldn't be able to breathe. Or if the pollen is too high, I wouldn't be able to breathe. And I keep, and now after I've no longer, it's this March coming up, it's going to make it three years that I am no longer on any medications whatsoever. That's awesome. And I'm breathing just fine. I'm, I can go through the entire podcast. Some days I do three shows or so back to back, no coughing, no breathing issues whatsoever by taking my health into my own hands. And that's why I love to have people on you like the show, as I like the show on the show who have taken their health into their own hands because you understand that journey and how tough it can be, but you also understand how rewarding it can be when you get to that point. Absolutely. And I think that that um, makes it makes us as practitioners be able to relate to patients even more if we have been, you know, down that road. And again, like you said, when you're on the other side of it and you know how amazing that is to be rid of those issues, you know, that makes you even more passionate about helping other people. So I, I agree a hundred percent. Exactly. Now let's talk about your amazing podcast. That, tell, me, tell us about it. Tell us how we can access it. Go ahead. Yes. So I co-host the podcast with my sister. Her name is Carrie. She's a pharmacist. So we both, you know, have a medical background. Uh, the podcast is called Take the Upgrade. And it's really about daily habits that lead to what we like to say, real progress and lasting change. So the topics could be anything from gut health to hormones to um, how to work on beating the sugar addiction. I mean, it's really anything health and wellness related. Uh, most of our listeners are women, moms, people who are looking to just better their overall health and also help their families improve their health. So um, we kind of gear most of our topics, you know, to that audience, but it's been a lot of fun. We've been um, doing it for almost three years now, I think. Uh, and it's, it's really a lot of fun to connect with other people and really learn from other experts in different health and wellness areas. Your podcast is actually very similar to mine because that's how our topics can be so broad. I always say that if this was a weight loss podcast, I can just get on one episode, tell you to cut your calories and that's the end of it. But when we talk about actually managing your body weight, there's so much that goes into that. It's not even just about losing weight now. It's about being healthy as you get older. I've always said your body is designed to burn fat and build muscle if you treat it correctly. Unless you are a bodybuilder or you're a specific type of athlete, you don't have to worry as much about eating this much and the macros here and the calories that, and you know, you don't have to worry about that as much. You're worried about your day-to-day -day being healthy. And a lot of times there are the underlying issues like insulin sensitivity. Sometimes we talk about that. Type two diabetes, when you talk about that. Gut health. In this episode, we're going to talk about H. pylori, right? Mm -hmm. GI mapping. And so on. Mm -hmm. all these things play a part because a lot of times we think, oh, you know, I don't have any energy. It's just because I'm busy all the time. Nope, that's not, that's not the reason why. You're not supposed to feel like that. You're not supposed to live 40, 50, 60 years if you make it that long feeling like crap. No, that's not what's supposed to happen. 
So your show is very similar to mine and I love talking to people like you. Yes, thank you. I agree. Now you started off by talking about GI mapping testing, right? So it apparently has changed your life. So what is it and what's its purpose? Yes. So the GI map test is an at-home stool test um, that you get that, again, there are, you know, several stool tests out there. And I did the research and this one is very unique because it uses DNA technology to test for different organisms. So when we get the test, we can look at things like commensal bacteria, um, good bacteria, opportunistic bacteria, pathogens, things like H. pylori, other bacteria, parasites, worms, candida, viruses. Um, also, it looks at markers in the gut for immunity. You know, what does your immune system look like? Because we know 70 to 80% of your immune system lives in your gut. Is there inflammation? Are you digesting and absorbing fat properly? Are you making enough digestive enzymes? Is your liver detoxing properly? We get all of this information from the GI map test. So it is very comprehensive. And in my opinion, that is the best way to approach the patient and come up with the protocol is to sort of have this, um, this deep look inside the gut microbiome. So again, as you said, this test 100% changed my life. I was, again, I was doing all of seemingly the right things and I did improve, you know, by doing those healthy things, but I knew that there was still some underlying issue and I hadn't discovered it yet. And so this test really um, helped me to do that and then to target those specific things and treat them. It's personalized. That's my favorite thing about it. And that's where most of us go wrong. Even with training clients, you know, everything I do is personalized, especially if someone is overweight, trying to lose weight. It has to be because what you need is different from what another person needs. Nutrition, it has to be personalized. Lifestyle changes, it has to be personalized. There are some things that are very common, like most people don't sleep well enough, not long enough, but well enough, right? So we right. know that. But you know, uh, most thing, issues had when we, when it comes to correcting our health and improving our health, it has to be personalized. And that's what I love about that. You you think, oh, I'm doing all these healthy things that you might have seen some on Instagram or TikTok or a nutritionist or a doctor might even say it, but you don't know what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. This reminds me, and I talk about this all the time. It's a product called Lumen. Are you familiar with it? Mm -mm. So it's uh, L-U-M-E-N. It's the only breathalyzer on the market. And I recommend it to anyone within the earshot of me. When you blow into it, it tells you if you're burning fat or carbs for oh. energy. Now that's important because it, after it gets your breath signature and then you blow into it daily, it tells you what you're burning and they give you nutrition recommendations so you can burn the right nutrient. So like, for example, when you're at rest, you're supposed to be burning fat. When you're active, you're supposed to be burning carbs right mm -hmm. now when you're burning if you're if if you're burning carbs when you're asleep so when you wake up you take your test and you told you burn carbs when you were sleeping that means that your metabolism is, is not flexible enough because you're not supposed to be burning carbs when you're sleeping you're supposed to be burning fat so like for, my, for me my flex score right now is 19.1 21 is the highest right mm -hmm. my flex my metabolism is so flexible when i wake up every morning and you see it on my instagram sometimes i put in my stories so i blew a one 
I blew it too. I ate, I had a boost day yesterday and I ate over 200 grams of carbs. Mm-hmm. And I woke up this morning and I blew it too. I was still primarily burning fat because our body needed the carbs to replenish my mm-hmm. liver and my muscle glycogen, mm-hmm. but I was still burning fat at sleeping. But when I worked out today, I started, I blew, I blew a three, I think, because I was starting to burn carbs again. Mm-hmm. So that's the ability of having a flexible metabolism. That comes down to your gut enzymes. I have an entire episode on that, why that works that way. Because when you expose your body to the right foods, your body creates the right enzyme. This is a quick example. I won't bore anybody with the whole story because I have an episode on it. If you go on keto, your body becomes eventually becomes really, really good at burning fat. But what it does with carbs? It loses, so it creates those enzymes to break down fat, but it loses a lot of those enzymes to break down carbs. Okay? But it's like, you're not giving me any carbs. I don't need to learn how to do it because mm-hmm. your body doesn't like to do anything that's unnecessary. But when you start eating carbs, you blow up like a balloon and your body has to store it because you're no longer, it doesn't have the enzymes to break down carbs anymore. Lumen uses the science of metabolic flexibility where it exposes your body to carbs and fats in the right moments based on your test. So it creates the right enzymes so you can flip between carbs and fats as needed. Metabolic flexibility is the future of weight management science. And by the way, my first book is going to be, I'm going to completely break down metabolic flexibility that I'm going to work on this year. Spoiler alert. Wow. So Lumen, so check it. It's a wonderful product. It's called Lumen.me. I'm sorry, it's called Lumen. The website is Lumen.me and code Zico Health. Give everybody 10% off. And it's also going to be on the Zico recommendation page where I have all products that I recommend for health, fitness, weight management, so on and so forth. And all that's going to be in the description on the podcast. But aside from that plug, I digress a little bit. So let's go back into my favorite topic. What are the three pillars of gut health? So I would say the three pillars of gut health are number one, you have to start with the accurate or with a accurate diagnosis. So that's where testing really comes in. You know, we can, we can, you know, do all of these things that are seemingly healthy, but, and they may, like I said, in my case, they may get you a little further along to where you want to be, but if you're not, you know, if you're not getting to your highest state of wellness, then you need to dig deeper and go deeper and actually get some testing so that you can get that accurate diagnosis. So first you have to have an accurate diagnosis. Once you have an accurate diagnosis, you need a proper protocol. So this is where, you know, you want to make sure that you're working with someone that you trust, that you can partner with, that is going to create a protocol that will work with your body, you know, ideally you want natural products that are going to work with your body and not against it. Um, And then also make sure that whoever you work with takes the time to explain everything, you know, everything in the protocol, why you're doing um, certain steps in the protocol. And then, you know, finally, I would say diet and lifestyle, of course, is huge. So you've got your diagnosis, you've got your proper protocol with the correct supplements. And then of course, diet and lifestyle style are a huge piece um, of that. Um, But yeah, I think all of those three things together are kind of the pillars of, of, um, of gut health. That's perfect. You know what? I've, I had a recent episode with Dr. uh, Latanya Booker, known her for years, very intelligent lady. And she mentioned that a lot of times when it comes to her being a medical doctor, it's a struggle because they only test for certain things when things go bad. 
mm -hmm. right? So it's like it's more, it's more of a reactionary thing than let's like the GI mapping test. Let's find out what's actually going wrong and get you a proper diagnosis. Mm -hmm. You a proper diagnosis, right? Not what we think is going on. And sure. then at that point, we can start to make the adjustments to mm -hmm. where you can start getting better. And that's when the non-scale victories happen, right? I have more energy. My brain fog is lifted. You know, I, I can do things now that I didn't think I could do before. You know, I'm operating at a different level. I'm losing then the scale pictures. I'm losing weight. You know, my, I'm, I'm building more muscle. All these things happen when you fix your health. And that's why I have the Zika Health Show to teach everyone this because we got to get out of this calories in, calories out mindset. If moderation worked and calories in and calories, um, calories out worked, most of us would be walking around with six five. We wouldn't have a 42% obesity rate in America if these things work, but they don't. Why do you crave unhealthy foods? I had an episode with Tracy Nelson. We talk about emotional eating. We talk about the emotional side of craving unhealthy foods and also the biological side of having bad bacteria that craves these unhealthy foods. So you're thinking you're just craving. It's a mental thing. Not really. If you have the bacteria that's craving it, or your white adipose tissue that have a life of their own that's craving it, it's not a mental thing. Your body is literally craving that food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think bringing awareness to those things like you're, you're discussing is so important because you know there are still a lot of people out there, trainers and, and things like that, that are just calories in, calories out. Like this is, you know, and there's so many more pieces to the puzzle um, you know, then people are aware of, I think sometimes. Isn't go back to the Lumen thing. There's a group of 17,000 people. And oftentimes they ask a lot of questions and I often go in there and, you know, and I help them out, especially when it's a science-based question. And some, I get this a lot where they say, Lumen is asking me to eat more calories than my BMR, but I can't do it. I don't know if I'm right. I'm, I'm I don't want to, you know, eat more and gain weight. And then I break down the whole thing about gut enzymes and why you should do this and how it work. And usually a few weeks later, they're like, wow, this actually is true. Actually is working. And I'm like, there you go. Yeah. You know, it's this, the, our bodies are so complex and it's the calories in versus calories out doesn't take into consideration the complexity of digestion. Mm -hmm. yes. That's why it's not going to work. Now, this is a weight management show and we're going to talk about H. pylori next. But before we get to that, what's the connection between gut health and obesity? Yeah, that's a great question. So if you look at some of the studies, there's definitely a link between dysbiosis, which is an imbalance of good and bad bacteria in the gut and weight gain. Now we know that, you know, there's low grade inflammation in the body when you have dysbiosis and that can lead to obesity. Um, the gut microbiome, so to speak, can contribute to inflammation throughout the body by producing these harmful byproducts. So these bacteria and things that we have in our gut that we don't want to be there, they produce all of these byproducts and that then can enter the bloodstream, turn on inflammation. That then leads to fat storage, insulin resistance. Um, I was actually looking at a study um, recently that showed that people who were overweight had lower good gut bacteria, the diversity was much lower, and they had higher levels of C-reactive protein, which is an inflammatory marker. So it, you know, it really goes back to 
like I said, inflammation, increasing fat storage and insulin resistance. Exactly. And inflammation is a symptom, especially chronic inflammation is a symptom. And we, we throw that word around so much now that most people don't even really understand what it really means because inflammation is an important process of the body. And we can go through that entire discussion, but chronic inflammation is an issue. And if there's a test that can test for chronic inflammation, I would say, yes, you need to go take a look at that because for example, we have a headache, right? Well, a headache is often a sign of chronic inflammation. Mm-hmm. And we take something that destroys a good bacteria. So it may slightly take care of the headache for now temporarily, but then it drops a bomb and it kills a bunch of our good bacteria in your gut, creating more health issues and more inflammation in the future. So you have a temporary fix. Like they, um, what's his name? Jerry Seinfeld said this one time when I was a kid. I never forget this joke. I never got it until I got into health. Mm-hmm. He said, we move from strength to extra strength to maximum strength. So mm-hmm. it's now it's like, figure out what will kill me and then back it up a little bit. And yeah. that's where we are with our health now. It is such a shame. You know what doesn't have side effects? Fruits and vegetables. You know, right. someone, told, someone told me the other day, like everything has this good, everything has this bad. No, no, no. There's some things that I just don't touch, uh-huh. you know, it, yeah. but there are things that I use in moderation, but I don't do everything in moderation. That's a whole different conversation. So Yes, yeah. when it, oh, there's definitely a connection between excess oxidative stress, excess inflammation, and obesity. And that's why when I talk about weight management, reducing oxidative stress, reducing inflammation is a very important part of getting to where you need to be. Because you can cut your calories all you want. If that inflammation, oxidative stress is there, you might even gain weight. Mm-hmm. That's how important that is. Yeah, and I'll just mention one last thing about that, just to tell you um, from clients that I've worked with um, doing GI mapping, I'll just give you this example. I had a client not that long ago that she lost 13 pounds just from doing the protocol that I gave her. She came back and said, because I was like, oh my gosh, you've lost 13 pounds. That's amazing. And she really wasn't even that overweight. She probably needs to lose around 20 total, but she said to me, she was very honest and transparent. She said, you know, I did all of the protocol in terms of like the supplements that you recommended because she had a lot of dysbiosis and different bacteria growing that shouldn't be there. But I didn't, I didn't really change a lot of my diet or other stuff that you recommended. I didn't really exercise. I'm just being honest with you. And she still lost 13 pounds. So that just kind of shows that by bringing things into balance in the gut, it does have a huge impact on our weight. So you can't, um, like you said, I see people all the time who are, you know, doing all the the cardio. And I mean, that's a whole nother topic that, you know, they're not doing any, you know, lifting any weights. They're just doing cardio. They're, they're restricting their calories so much. And a lot of times they're gaining weight, their body's in starvation mode and their body's holding on to, you know, everything that they put into it. And so I think that that is, again, a common misconception and something that people just need to be educated on. And a very easy way to shorten your life. I actually have discussed that many times on my show, so I'm not going to get into the details on that, (laughs) but that's a good way to take some years off your life. It's excess work, even weightlifting, excess training Mm -hmm. and cutting your calories too much because your body puts emphasis on your large organ to keep you alive and not enough on the small processes. And eventually the whole thing is going to give out way sooner than it's supposed to. So if somebody just is cutting your calories and your calories and working you to death, they actually might be literally training you to death. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, I introduced this as the H. pylori episode, so let's not disappoint. <laughs> what is H. pylori and how is it connected to gut health? So H. pylori is a bacteria. It's called Helicobacter pylori is the actual name. It's what H stands for. And it's actually been described as the most successful pathogen in human history. Isn't that crazy? It's been around for over 200,000 years. So this is not like a new bacteria that has emerged. This has been around. The CDC actually estimates that about 66% of the world's population are infected with H. pylori. Now, some people have lots of symptoms from it. Sometimes people don't. Um, at least, you know, they can go for periods of time without having symptoms. It is one of the leading causes of gastric cancer. So you're, you're actually six times more likely to develop gastric cancer if you have H. pylori. So it's not something that we you know, need to play around with. If we see people who have H. pylori, it needs to be treated um, and, and, you know, rid the body of it. But things, other things that it causes, so I like to say that H. pylori causes a lot of downstream issues, so to speak. So it, it typically lives higher up in the gut, like in the stomach versus small intestine, large intestine. So it, it's higher up in the gut. It actually causes our body to produce less um, acid in our stomach. So, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive. And I want to explain this because I get a lot of questions around this. We use proton pump inhibitors or PPIs to treat H. pylori in, in traditional medicine, oftentimes. Well, that lowers acid in your stomach, right? That's actually making the problem worse because what H. pylori does is it produces an enzyme called urease. And this enzyme actually causes your stomach to have a less acidic environment. Why is that important? We need acid in our stomach to digest our food properly. Also, if you have the right amount of acid, when you're exposed to parasites, other bacteria, that acid should kill those. I mean, we're exposed to them all day long, you know, and that, and if you have, a, you know, a good gut health, strong lining, good amount of acid, we should be, you know, most of those should be killed by that and not kind of um, take root, I, I kind of like to say. So, by causing that low acid, number one, you are more prone to other infections. Number two, you don't digest your food properly. So then what happens? You get all of the symptoms, the bloating, gas, constipation, um, indigestion, heartburn. So here's how it can kind of be, the low acid can kind of be counterintuitive. People who have H. pylori, again, often have this reflux, indigestion, heartburn, right? Well, you might think to yourself, well, if it's a low acid problem, how does that happen? Think of it like this. If we don't have enough acid, then food, undigested food sits on our stomach. So then the food kind of pushes back up into the esophagus. Any amount of acid that gets into our esophagus, it's going to burn. So it's going to cause us to have those symptoms of heartburn or indigestion. So it's, it doesn't really matter that your acid is low. If any of it goes into your esophagus, you're going to have symptoms. So that's kind of how we still have those symptoms, even though the acid is low, it's because all this undigested food is sitting on our stomach. 
That then can cause a lot of other downstream problems, like again, like constipation. It causes overgrowth of other opportunistic bacteria. I see that a lot on GI mapping. Um, a lot of staph and strep overgrowth, bacillus overgrowth, that's very common. So anytime I see H. pylori, even if the level is not super high, most people have some of those symptoms and I treat it to get rid of it. Because again, you're at risk for things like gastric cancer. So we wanna make sure, and also ulcers, it's a leading cause of ulcers as well. So we wanna make sure that we get rid of it. I know this is an audio show, but I was just sitting back and just listening just a while ago. If you're listening to the show and if you or anyone you know struggle with H. pylori, please go back and listen to that part. That little section right there. I wanna say little, that section was powerful. I had uh, Riley Romasco on the show. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a couple of weeks before you. And she explained to me about most of the times the issue is actually a low stomach acid because we think, oh, you know, we have acid reflux and we think, okay, you must have high stomach acid. So, mm -hmm. the, so the acid must be coming up your throat or whatever they think it's the situation may be. But mm -hmm. what you're explaining is it's connected to your digestion. So if you have low stomach acid and you're not digesting the food, then the, re the reflex comes up, right? So mm -hmm. that's really all. Because she told me that one of the things she realizes is that m most people have these issues, like you said, have low stomach acid. Because if you think of it this way, just naturally, there's a reason why the gut is acidic. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. these, this nonsense that people talk about, you know, dr you know, drink, what's it called? Alkaline water. I've had many people reach out to me, ask me to sell alkaline water, promote it on my page. I said, just, just, Leave me alone. <laughs> like, seriously. There's a reason why the stomach is acidic. Now, there, there is a pH balance, of course. That's why eating vegetables are important. I don't need to drink special water to balance my pH. That's just a whole different conversation. But you need to take care of the acidic nature and nature of your gut, and you need to balance that. So I'm not an expert in the topic. You just blew my mind completely. My mind is somewhere in the kitchen. I, I'm, I'm actually going to go back and listen to what you just said because that, that, was, that, was, um, that was fantastic. One of the best takes I've ever had on this show. Oh, awesome. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Thank you. But you know, I wouldn't be doing them justice if I didn't talk about natural remedies. So what are some natural stuff we can do for, to treat H. pylori? Yes. So I want, to, I want to preface this by saying, please understand, I'm not saying go out and take all of these natural remedies, okay? I think that it is super important to, again, work with a provider that is going to help you navigate what the best protocol for you is, because like you said, health is individualized. You know, we can't, it's not a one size fits all. We have to look at the, the, the overall picture. Uh, and that, that's one of the reasons that I love the GI map, because I'm not just going to treat someone's H. pylori if they have it. I'm going to look at the, the total picture of everything that's going on in the gut. And I may choose different treatment options for the H. pylori based on what else I see on the test. But some of the things that we you know, can use um, to treat H. pylori, mastic gum is a very common one um, that is used. And these, these have data. I mean, if you look up on PubMed is a, a great resource to go to, to look up research articles. Um, you'll find some of this information there. 
Berberine is another um, great supplement. Berberine also decreases inflammation. It helps with metabolic dysfunction. It, so it's great for diabetics. Um, it helps to regulate glucose levels and it also helps with some weight loss. So that is a good one if someone is really um, you know, overweight or looking to lose some weight. Berberine is a, is a great supplement, especially if they have H. pylori. Um, olive leaf extract is another one. Um, that one is very antimicrobial. It also helps to promote some probiotic growth. So it has that benefit as well. Um, Saccharomyces boulardii is another one that I love. Um, it is kind of what I like to call a special probiotic because it also works to repair the gut lining and it works for a uh, low inflammatory markers. There's a marker on the GI map test called a secretory IgA, and that's a marker um, for um, immunity. So that really helps to repair the gut lining and helps to boost the immunity. Um, there are certain essential oils um, that have been shown to kill H. pylori. Thyme, cedarwood, melissa, um, all of those are great. And then one last thing I would mention is garlic is another um, great, it's anti-inflammatory, it has antibacterial properties, um, and of course, you know, is, is natural. So that's another great thing um, to use. I do use some digestive enzymes as well to help people with their symptoms, to help them start to you know, break down their food and absorb some of the nutrients. I find that that helps with a lot of that feeling of food sitting on your stomach and not digesting um, and the bloating and things like that. So those are probably the top um, natural supplements for H. pylori. You just hit on about five or six things, right? So you talked about glucose, you talked about weight loss, you talked about inflammation, probiotic, gut health, and not the sign that it's all intertwined. Mm -hmm. There's a cartoon called Big City Greens. It's my favorite cartoon on Disney. I legit sit and just watch it like all day long. Mm -hmm. And the, the daughter, she said, she was talking to her little brother and she was explaining to him that how everything is all intertwined. And the brother's like, no, you know what you're talking about? Things are random, things just happen. And as they go throughout the day, he starts to realize that like one action impacts another action, impacts another action. And then uh, he was like, oh, it's like, because she says like a bowl of spaghetti, but for him in his head, he was like, it's like a bowl of hot dogs. Like something <laughs> like, I don't know how the hot dogs even came up, but anyway, Dr. <laughs> Short, it's all intertwined. It's like a bowl of spaghetti or a cart of hot dogs, however you want to look at it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but so yeah, it's all connected. And that's why with the Zika Health Show, we talk about if you improve the health of your guts, if you have the right gut bacteria, if, if you lower inflammation, if you reduce oxidative stress, if you're managing your hormone levels, your cortisol, your sleep, all these things, and when you take care of these things, then you start to manage your body weight better. So people who listen to this to my show, don't listen to it just to say, okay, I'm going to get a tip to, to use at the gym this week or a tip for my nutrition this week. They listen to it to learn, okay, this is how it, these, are, these are ways that I can take my health in my own hands or work with a specialist who can help me along that journey. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, one of my favorite topics is epigenetics. And everything where we're talking about actually is epigenetics. You're talking about H. pylori gut health. It's all related to epigenetics. So what is it and how can epigenetics help us to improve our health? 
I love that. And this is, this is such an interesting topic to me as well. And, and one that a lot of people probably have not heard about and don't know a lot about because it is new and it is emerging. Um, but just to kind of give you a simplistic definition of what epigenetics is, it's basically the study of how our environment and our behaviors can cause changes that affect the way our genes work. You know, what have we always thought? Well, we can't change our genetics, right? And, and, and that is true to some degree, but now we're finding that actually we can actually affect our genes. So we know that the type of lifestyle that we live really affects our overall well-being. No one would deny that, right? Um, anything from nutrition to exercise to supplementation, all of that stuff matters and it either has a positive or a negative effect on your overall health. I think we would all uh, agree on that. Everybody knows also that we inherit DNA from our parents, right? And that, that's kind of like your own blueprint that determines how your body's going to grow and develop and, and live basically. But the thing is, until recently with epigenetics, you know, most people have never considered that your daily actions can actually affect that blueprint. That's where epigenetics come in. Your, what we do on a day-to-day -day, regular basis can actually affect that DNA blueprint. So our actions affect that genetic code and may have implications. This is what's really cool for our children and grandchildren. And that's really the whole concept behind epigenetics. So it, the things that we do on a daily basis I think the, the whole, the take home here is the things that we do on a daily basis matter more than we ever thought they did. And again, why I have the Zika Health Show, because having these discussions, you learn to take your health into your own hands because the 90, more than 90% of our DNA for years, decades even, we considered it junk DNA. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of out there. But now we're realizing that that quote unquote junk DNA can actually, the actions that we take and can, allow it to give the right direction to our genes, turn them on or off. And that's the science that's behind right. epigenetics. The decisions that we make, just by walking more, just mm -hmm. by drinking more water, mm -hmm. just by taking a test and making adjustments, the small things can make, a, like, for example, my asthma, people said, people would say to me, did you take dairy out of your diet? Did you do this? I said, well, not really. I still ate dairy. I just ate better, healthier, more organic, cleaner stuff. And of course, I changed the way that I breathe. Mm -hmm. I changed, there are a lot of things that I did. I healed my gut. I gave the right instructions to my body. So my body know, now knows what to do. That's the science behind epigenetics, which is cutting edge. And we, we have so much more to learn and it's going to be extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's exciting to learn more for sure. And uh, so we've talked about so many things. You've given us so much wonderful information. And this interview can probably go on until next week. <laughs> but yeah. is there anything you have in there that I haven't asked that you would like to add to the discussion? You know, one thing that I always find interesting and just want to remind people of is I think a lot of times we get stuck in this um, mindset of, well, this is the way I've always been, or this is just the way my body is. Or for instance, maybe a lot of your audience, maybe they've thought from time to time, 
well, everybody in my family's overweight. So this is just how I'm destined to be. That's a good example, right? And that's just actually not the case. Um, so I'll give you an example from my patient population. I see a lot of people who say, well, I only have a bowel movement twice a week. That's just normal for me. And I'm like, no, that's not normal. You have rationalized and told yourself that that's the way you are and that's normal for you, but it's not normal. So what I just want to say is encourage anybody who's listening that you don't have to accept the way things are now. All you need to do is, you know, take one step, you know, tomorrow, the next day, look for a person to partner with, to work with that will help guide you, you know, along the journey that will actually partner with you and do whatever you need to do to get to the root cause of your issues because everybody deserves to have energy and, and not have brain fog and, you know, live a kind of a vibrant life. And that's not just for some people, that's for everyone. So I think, you know, people again think, well, I, I just can't be this way or that way. That's not true. That's a story you're telling yourself. So I would just encourage people, you know, if you haven't, if you're not where you want to be, then, you know, keep digging to figure out what's going on and partner with the right person. That reminds me of a story. When I was growing up, people, I grew up in Jamaica, as of course you know, and uh, people who are overweight used to say to me, I'm big boned. I'm big yeah. boned. <laughs> and I, up to this day, I still have no idea what that means. But like <laughs> my response would always be, I don't care about your bone. I'm talking about the fat around your bones. <laughs> but that's just an example of the you know, first rationalizing, right? I'm big boned. Everybody in my family is big boned. But also everybody in your family eat the same food, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so right, right. everybody, people in your family, are they active? You know, like my cousins now, even my cousins live in Jamaica, they don't even live anywhere close to me, but he called me the other day and he said, hey man, I need some, I'm going to join a gym. Can you send me some money to sign up? I said, that, that's not an issue. And he, I'm going to Jamaica in March mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, he, he, now he's telling me that when you come, I'm going to be, I'm going to lift more than you. And he, he's just <laughs> excited to work out. Like, even his mom is telling me he can't wait till you get there. But one of the reasons why he's excited to work out is because he sees me and what I've done with my health and how much I love to work out. And he follows my stuff. Mm -hmm. And now he wants to do it. So I'm, it's like, it's just changing that idea in your family because yeah. you're leading by example. So instead of normalizing it, if, if, if I poop two times a week, I don't know what I would even say. I, I but, know, that's what I say. But, <laughs> I was literally walking around filled, full of poop. That's really what, you know, you can imagine what I'm actually trying to say here. But yes. yeah, it's, we normalize instead of actually making adjustments and, make, and getting to that optimal level that we're supposed to be. Yes. Now, Again, wonderful information. You've taught me a lot of stuff. I have to go back and listen to this episode again. So thank you so much. Just, you just you blew my mind. Oh, good. Now, I thought it was helpful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, now, how can my audience get in touch with you? Sure. So uh, I am mainly on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Julie Ann Wellness is my handle on Instagram. Same on Facebook. And then my website is juliannwellness.com. Uh, 
And I've, I do have um, a free ebook on there. If you go onto my website, it's called Four Gut Hacks You Need to Know. So it's all about um, things that you can start to do on your own that will improve your gut health. And that's free. So if you just go on and put your email in, you'll get that, um, get that dropped in your email. And you can always reach out to me um, you know, on Instagram or through email. You can get that on my website. I'll be happy to answer any questions. Perfect. And I'll make sure her contact information is in the show notes. Uh, this is going to be zikahealth.com slash Julie D. Anybody been listening to me for a while knows that's exactly how to do my show notes. First name, um, and first initial of your last name. That's mm -hmm. as creative as I get with my show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. This was a fantastic interview and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, coworkers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.